Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This week, I am underneath the big top with Drew Jameson, who owns JMO Presents, a music company in St. Louis. I've been here before for a show, and I just wanted to get to know the place a little bit more. Drew, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. What do you know about this place, the big top? Well, what I know about the big top is that, in my experiences, it's one of the more unique places to do things outside of circus stuff. So when we do concerts here, it's outdoors, it's covered, it's shaded, it's just this kind of wow look when you look around the room and and it's a very special place so the big top is up i think about eight months ten ten months a year and and it's active i'd say about six to seven and uh yeah we are here several months at the throughout the year so well tell me how you started uh jmo presents when you started it why what were you what was the inspiration well it's actually uh jmo presents is about 10 years old uh, exactly through this past april um, and so we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary party actually in the next three weeks on September uh, 1st and 3rd. But uh, so JMO Presents is been doing concerts. We started at the Gramophone. Uh, went oh, yeah, in the, in the Grove. In the Grove, yeah, when they were still doing concerts. Uh, took it to Atomic Cowboy, and I was there for about five years when they were still open. They shuttered during the pandemic. Uh, we moved on to do... Uh, this series called The Lot, which we took next to Bush Stadium at first. We were the first events back in the city of St. Louis post-COVID, or excuse me, during COVID, I should say. And uh, we've kind of been traveling around ever since. Uh, Tower of Park, City Foundry, the big top here. Uh, we, we, we did something down at Laclede's Landing on the riverfront. So um, yeah, JMO Presents is a concert promoter by definition. What's your background? Grew up in St. Louis. I uh, went off to Burlington, Vermont to go to college over at the University of Vermont. In Vermont, I also spent maybe too much of my time at this concert club called Nectars, which is where <laughs> Fitch got their start. And I learned um, that a lot of the trade over there. Uh, my, my dad used to own a venue in St. Louis called the Lucas Schoolhouse in Soulard, and he told me to go learn from somebody else to get it right and to come back home and bring it back with me. So, yeah. So you had a passion for concert promoting through your dad yeah i also played in bands throughout most of my teenage life and on and um i may have had an influence on my dad to open that venue but okay (laughs) so the other way around a little bit we we pushed each other (laughs) what kind of music did you play a big inspiration would be the grateful dead um i'm also really into the blues i think being in st louis i kind of caught a, a big taste for that and um rock and roll you know so 
what does a concert promoter actually do on a day-to-day basis? It's all behind the scenes mostly, right? You talk behind the scenes to like agents, managers, and um, in this case, uh, facility slash venue people. And when I when I say this case, I mean like my relationship with like the big top. And and essentially, what what we're doing is we're 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 making moves, we're booking shows, we're uh, making sure that the marketing's right so that you hear about those shows. And you know, another part of it that I value closely to my um, company values is making sure the customers got the best experience that they can uh, coming to see those shows. So I think um, all the behind behind the scenes stuff that you don't necessarily think about when you go to a concert that would be us give me one example of a of band or a performer that you really wanted to get to come here and you were able to make it happen and you're really proud of that moment yeah yeah so uh, uh george clinton and parliament funkadelic last year we we got uh george and the team to come it ended up being about a 30 person entourage with the um most of which went up on the stage i must say too and uh we sold that out with 1600 people with that, we also were awarded the uh, best concert of the year by Riverfront Times. How about that? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, George Clinton, that's a big one. Tell me about the voodoo players. Yeah. I've seen them perform, and I think they're amazing, but describe what they are. The voodoo players are led by Sean Cannon and uh, kind of a who's who local all-star cast uh, rotating lineup at each time in terms of musicians, but they have like a core... 20 or so that they uh, bring out to do different um, versions of uh, tributes in town, rock and roll, jam, uh, funk, whatever it may be for that night. They'll do a tribute, they'll do a whole night of that one act, and they will have uh, the best artists in town that fit those uh, musician tribute qualities, you know? so Yeah, so like uh, I saw Fleetwood Mac, voodoo player Fleetwood Mac. And I think I also saw a John Prine concert yeah. where it was a tribute to John Prine. And I was just, they looked, they sounded exactly like Fleetwood Mac and John Prine, and it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, they're very special. And my, my relationship with Voodoo, when we started the lot back in 2020 with um, COVID, we were working together every Thursday. And it's just a pleasure working with those guys. They're professionals, guys and gals, excuse me. They're professionals, and um, we did a really great job of, of making a fresh show every week and bringing this high energy and people were coming and I, I think uh, they're, they're, they're rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the 10th anniversary is coming up. What are the plans around that? So on September 1st, uh, a band that I used to manage with JML Presents, uh, is they're, they're called Aaron Cam and the One Drops. They'll be here. Um, those guys are local legends, been around for a very long time. Um, it's kind of like a reggae, blues, uh, funky jam all built into one you, you get a different genre every single song i'd say but i mean a lot of it roots in in reggae music and uh just really shredding guitar on that and those are good friends so they're going to kick off the way this is all labor Day weekend by the way so they'll kick it off for us on friday and then on sunday we'll take saturday off but sunday doing kind of like a eclectic lineup so to speak where i have al holiday and the east side rhythm band and i have dave grow as pliadors and i have uh, a couple of my favorite reggae DJs in town, and we're still working on that last um, live band to, to fill it out. But it'll be three live bands, and it'll be two DJs, and we'll be here starting 4.30 and all the way till 11 p.m. So, And it's here in the big top. It's here in the big top. You've also got uh, another lineup of concerts coming up through all the way. I looked October, November maybe. The next big show for a national act at the Big Top will be Steel Pulse and Common Kings. Steel Pulse, uh, I've heard from many people how legendary their show, their last show in St. Louis was Under the Arch. And it had 
couple thousand people at that show, I believe. And uh, so we're going to have them play under the big top. It's selling really well, so it'll be a really nice vibe in here. And that's some uh, UK uh, reggae music. And Common Kings is more Cali and Hawaiian flair reggae music as well. So that that's coming up on September 23rd. We got Moon Taxi coming up. We've got Talk. We've got uh, With Talk, this band Dopapod. So over those three bands I mentioned, we got some reggae, some indie rock, and some jam band stuff. So Cool. Yeah. Somebody asked me recently or told me recently they thought it was very difficult for local musicians in St. Louis to make a name for themselves on the national stage. What would you say that? I could see that being difficult. This this room, the big top, is, is very big, and it's hard. Turning on the lights is not cheap. Certain acts have been doing it for a really long time, like Sean Cannon's Voodoo Players and Aaron Cam and the One Drops. I have Funky Butt Brass Band coming in here. Those, all those groups have been a while, around for a long time, and... Um, you know, we, we, we just had a band, uh, Little Cowboy, open up for Houndmouth last weekend. So that's an example of us uh, trying to get people into the big stage, so to speak, and get that uh, St. Louis ecosystem going and moving. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it has struggles, but, it, it you know, keep it up if you're listening as a musician because it ain't impossible. So. Well, and the history of music in this town is, is no joke. I mean, yeah. there are some really amazing musicians that have lived here, spent time here. What is the scene like today? What's the main kind of music that you have here in St. Louis, or is it still really diverse? Well, it's so diverse that I'm really only going to be able to speak to a certain part of it, honestly. Um, there's stuff in the rock world and the indie world and in the metal world and hip-hop world that I might not know so well, but um, I do work with all those types of uh, genres, but it's not necessarily something I'll speak to now. But what, what, what I would say from the groups that I have seen growing up in our direct worlds They've all kind of graduated into this program of trying to get out on the road, get a manager, get a booking agent, and not play as many shows in the St. Louis market. And with that, for the St. Louis, you know, quote-unquote local band ecosystem, it, it makes it a little bit more interesting for, for promoters like myself to find who's next, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working on that. We're working with a lot of great bands. I think at Central Stage, the, the 150 cap that we work with about a block away from here, uh, we do a great job of uh, working with our artists and building things from scratch, and it's really cool to see some acts really shine in that scenario. And when you're trying to get somebody to come in, uh, you go through their agent? Is that how it works? If they have an agent, yes. yeah. On, on the St. Louis acts, not everybody is represented like that, but... Um, when we're talking acts that we're booking like Steel Pulse that I had mentioned and The Talk and Dopapod and stuff like that. So those, those acts, yes, are um, we talk to agents when we, talk, mm-hmm. when we do that. So And then when the performers actually come into town, what are some of the logistics people might not know about when you have to put on a show? I'm sure there are a lot of things you have to think about in terms of, you know, these guys have to have a place to stay, place to eat. Well, I will say that I find a great deal of inspiration for my grocery shopping list from what I see on the riders from these artists. Like, we just had Stephen Marley and my hospitality manager spend about five to eight hours setting up and shopping for that uh, party. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd say that's a unique part of the day. Um, it, it's funny because everyone thinks this is glorious rock and roll thing, but we're all working really, really hard, and you don't have much downtime, and it's... Uh, there's a picture, uh, some memes on the internet of what you think it's like and what it's actually like, and the, what it's actually like where the guys are in the in the girls are are all just standing there hurting as they're like leaning from a long day. That that's kind of what it's like. <laughs> yeah, we work hard. So 
Yeah, it's behind yeah. the scenes stuff no one sees. They yeah. just see the performers come on on the stage and they clap and they enjoy the show. But backstage and throughout the the day, there has to be all these details worked out to make things run smoothly. And then they pick up and go to another town. It cannot be an easy life to be a touring band, especially if you're not you know, nationally known and you don't get all the special privileges of a U2 or, you know, yeah. Taylor Swift or whatever. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Honestly, the, the touring acts that we, we see in the smaller rooms like Central Stage, we don't get to do that eight-hour shopping list for them. You know, we work together and make sure everyone's happy and, and, and having a good day. But I, I myself have done a lot of touring, and uh, those 200-person clubs – you know, you get your beer, your drink tickets, and you you play sometimes to a good amount of people, and sometimes it's a very um, passionate four <laughs> in the crowd. You never know what what it's going to be at that level. So, I mean, I'm, I hear you. Yeah. Well, everybody's talking about Taylor Swift, for example, that that show and how amazing it is, and what goes into that. Do you study? <laughs> that kind of thing like i don't know do you go to these big shows and see what it's like to put something like that on yeah i don't i don't have enough experience for arena tours to to comment officially i would say um i'm i'm probably just as wowed as you are by what happens in those scenarios for sure yeah all right um is there anything else you wanted to mention about your company um it's mission yeah uh you know we're all about, as I said, customer experience, artistic excellence, and um, we, we, we really just love producing special, unique shows and, um, and you know, doing as much as we can to go a little bit further. So uh, check us out. JMOPresents.com is the website. And uh, Labor Day weekend is our 10-year anniversary. Come celebrate. The shows that I've been to have been pretty reasonably priced. Are they? We try to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive thing and, and you know... We, we, we have costs that, you know, kind of hiked up a bit and stayed put at a higher price. And then uh, the effects of where we are in terms of this moment now and economy and post-COVID and all that kind of stuff, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep them down. But at the same time, if you go too high, no one's coming. So, like, we're, we're doing our best to fight that fight and everyone's working together and um, people are coming out to shows. So, yeah. Well, what do you think about the whole issue of the fees of these concerts and Ticketmaster and all that kind of stuff? Is is that something you talk about with your within your company uh, dealing with that? Yeah, it's all about transparency, right? Like, so I think that's what I think um, a lot of the independents are really trying to make sure it happens. It's all transparent, and um, you know, the hidden fees are the, the 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 ones that I don't agree with for sure. I think you know it's. If it wasn't in the feed, I'll end up in the ticket price in some scenarios. So, like, I, I think however it lands, as long as everyone knows what they're in for, uh, we can all figure it out. Drew Jamison, owner of JMO Presents, got a big lineup coming up under the Big Top, which is an amazing venue in St. Louis, Midtown. If you haven't been, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.